Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Hi, podcast listeners. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. We're really happy to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you. And welcome to all the new listeners. Right. There are new listeners on every episode. Isn't that awesome? So Thank welcome. You. Yes, indeed. Um, we are so happy to be with you. We have things to share, especially from from our story and from your questions. So um, let's start with what's happened recently with you and your interview that you did recently. I just want to, you to share with our oh, listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I recently, uh, last week as of the recording here, was in Steubenville, Ohio, and when I'm there, I'm usually on Matt Frad's show. Uh, you can check that out at his uh, YouTube, YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Pints with Aquinas. We'll have the link below in the show notes. And it was very funny. Matt, like all Catholic speakers, I know this terrain very well. You get invitations to this, you get invitations to that, and your life is busy, and Um, A lot of speakers post-COVID time are not traveling nearly as much as they used to, including me. So you're you're not doing as many events as you once did. And so we we invited Matt to our Revealed event. If you don't know about our Revealed event, check out the link in the show notes, May 13th to the 15th here at Black Rock Retreat Center. We are gathering only about 80 people for the in-person event. And then we are opening it up online. Uh, There are three different ways to do it. You can come here. Uh, Those seats are limited and will sell out. Uh, You can watch for free online, the keynotes, and then you can get the premium pass online also to to get the the behind-the-scenes footage. We're going to have lots of cameras roaming around the whole weekend. We're going to have these sit-down conversations. uh, And and let me just share who's coming if you don't know already. Of course, I will be there. Others from the TOB Institute, Bill Dunahy, Jen Settle will be speaking, but we're also having Father Mike Schmitz, we're having Jason Everett, we're having Jeff Cavins, we're having Damon Owens, we're having Bobby and Jackie Angel, uh, and we had invited Matt Frad, and this was the funny bit about my interview yeah. with Matt. <laughs> uh, we, ha- we had invited Matt, and he had never gotten back to us just because his life is busy, and I get that, and there is this moment in the interview where I said, well, Matt, I haven't heard, we were talking about the event. I said, well, I don't even know if you're coming yet. We haven't put your face on our promotional materials because we don't know if you're coming. And he, when I told, he didn't even realize that it was in person. He thought it was just another film, a talk, and, and it's going to be another one of those Catholic online conferences, all of which, you know, we've been blessed by them, but they, they, they've maybe done their tour of duty, that version (laughs) that came out during COVID time of the Catholic online conference. I said, no, Matt, this is different. We are actually, all of these speakers are gathering in person, and you could see the look on his face. It was pretty funny. And we'll put a link in the show notes here as well. Um, our, Our producer of videos for the Institute pulled together this clip where you could tell Matt was like, I think I should be there. Like, wait, everybody's coming in person. (laughs) Like I'll get to hang out with you and Jeff Cavins and father Mike and Jason Everett. And I was like, well, yeah, that's the whole, he said, I didn't realize that. (laughs) And yeah, a lot of people don't realize that you can actually come here to Black Rock retreat 
in Pennsylvania and hang out for the weekend with us. There will be formal presentations, I was, as I was saying, but one of the real features of this is fireside chats, you know, um, informal conversation. It's going to be a really, really blessed event. So check out the link in your show notes to learn the three ways you can be part of this in person. Those are limited. Online for free, you get the keynotes or the online premium pass. You'll have access to all those cameras roaming around throughout the weekend and those more informal conversations. So we're really excited about it. Matt is coming. Matt Fred has agreed to come. So that's really fun. Yeah, that is. Well, thank you for that. Are you ready for a question? Yes. From a patron question. Here. Let's do it. And do we have a name for our patron? Her name is Jean. Jean, thank you. Thank you for being a patron of the TOB Institute. We cannot do this work without people who believe in what we are doing. And we hope, Jean, that you are taking advantage of the ongoing formation that is exclusive to patrons. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been, go check out your, your page as a patron and all the access that you have to videos, uh, formation courses, talks, etc. Yes. So thank you so much for your ongoing support. We really appreciate it. Jean says, hi, Christopher and Wendy. Thank you for sharing your podcast. It has been very enlightening and uplifting for me. I have three young children. The oldest is a five-year-old girl. She is very beautiful, though, of course, I'm biased. <laughs> People often comment on her appearance. I've noticed this trend with many little girls. People comment immediately on what they look like, what they're wearing etc. I'd like to start introducing Theology of the Body to her. My other two children are too young to understand yet. Do you have any recommendations for introducing basic TOB concepts to young children? Now, when I read Jean's question, I immediately thought of a few resources that I will share about when uh, when my turn comes, but okay. go ahead and yeah, reply. Yeah. How, what were the ages of our other children? Uh, under five. Under five. Mm -hmm. Gina, I, I just want to say that I, I get what you're getting at when you say the other children are too young and five is a good age to begin having a certain kind of conversation in this regard. But I just want to point out, uh, education in God's plan for being male and female, and this is a line right out of a document called The Truth and Meaning of Human Sexuality from the Pontifical Council for the Family. Education in God's plan for making us male and female begins at the moment of conception and continues uninterrupted throughout all stages of development. So there is a, a stage of development that your five-year-old has reached, and you are correct, that's different than your younger children. But, but don't think that your younger children aren't also absorbing every single day of their lives messages about what it means to be male and female. And as parents, we want to do whatever we can do to make sure that what they're absorbing about what it means that there's a, there are boys, there are girls, there's a difference, we want to be sure as much as we can be as parents that the messages they're absorbing are healthy messages, beautiful messages. And we, we have to be aware, and we are as parents, but we need to make ourselves more aware this is a battle. It is mm. not only a battle, in a very real way, it is the battle. As John Paul II said in his letter to families, the truth of marriage and family, and that includes, obviously, the difference of male and female and what it all means, 
brings us to the very center, he says, of the battle between good and evil, between life and death, between love and all that is opposed to love. We need to be clear on this, not so we become frantic. Uh, oh my gosh, this is this is the battle between good and evil. What do I do? What do I do? My well, guess what? We're all in this battle between good mm, and evil. Right. And the battle between good and evil, which is centered on our creation as male and female, has already been won by Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, at the cross. And we have to say this properly, there's only one Redeemer. Jesus is the sole Redeemer. But Mary at the foot of the cross, if Jesus is the Redeemer on the cross, Mary at the foot of the cross is the redeemed. If Jesus is the Savior, Mary is the saved. Redeemer, redeemed, Savior, saved, male, female. It's, we have to understand, and we've, we've lost sight of this in the, in the modern world, in modern Christianity. Thank God saints like John Paul II are keeping this alive through these dark times we're passing through. But there is a reason that there is a male on the cross and a female at the foot of the cross. This is the spousal mystery being consummated. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a mega mystery, St. Paul says, and it refers to Christ and the church. Mary is the symbol of the church at the foot of the cross. Christ is the bridegroom giving up his body for his bride. It's a mystical union. Place your children, Gene, every day with your mother's heart of love. Place your children in that mystery. They've already been plunged into it through baptism, mm -hmm. which the catechism says baptism is a nuptial mystery. <laughs> it's a nuptial mystery in which the spousal union of Christ and the church generates, regenerates our very lives. That's what baptism is. The, the baptismal font is the womb of the church. So every day in your motherly heart, praying for the grace of your children's baptism to come to full flowering, guess what you're doing? You are forming them in the ultimate truth of what it means that we are male and female, why there is a difference of the sexes. There's a difference of the sexes because we're called to holy communion. And, and here's some, I'll, I'll get into some specifics now about just things Wendy and I have done. Not, not that everything we have done has been the best way to do it. We, we got thrown into married life. We got thrown into family life. Uh, just, okay, let's try this. We got to try something. We got we to make sure we're doing something. And we have adult children now in their 20s, and they are able to reflect back to us things that blessed them about the way we raised them and things that were not helpful things that were not good. So we're not sitting here as experts in parenting. <laughs> we're just sitting here as parents who've been through this and have made efforts to, to try at least to share mm -hmm. these beautiful treasures with our children. And I'll share something I think has worked and has blessed our children. And I know we've shared this in, in other podcasts. Um, I couldn't possibly remember which ones, but... Uh, Here's, here's a prayer that we have prayed with our children ever since they were very young. And I remember praying a version of this prayer into your womb, Wendy. Like mm. when you were pregnant, we, we would pray these prayers with our children in the womb. Mm -hmm. uh, and it would go something like this. Lord, thank you for making mom and dad to be 
called to the sacrament of marriage. Thank you for making dad to be a man and mom to be a woman. Thank you for calling us to the sacrament of marriage. And thank you for bringing each of our children, John Paul, Thomas, Beth, Isaac, Grace, into the world through our love. We would be praying these, these prayers with our children. And this was like a nightly prayer. I'm sure every one of our children has it memorized because we've said it so many times to them. Mm. Uh, thank you for calling us the sacrament of marriage. Thank you for making us to be men and a man and a woman called to this sacrament, for bringing our children into the world through our love. That's how we would express it. Even to very our very young children, mm -hmm. thank you for bringing them into the world through our love. Thank you for making John Paul and Thomas and Isaac to be boys. Help them to grow into strong men to give their bodies away in love. Thank you for making Beth and Grace to be girls. Help them to grow into strong women to give their bodies away in love. If our children are called to marriage, please bless their future spouses wherever they are. If they're called to, 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 the, to live out the celibate vocation, and we would describe that to our children as to be married to Christ or married to the church. Of course, the girls might be called to be married directly to Christ. The, the boys might be called to be married directly to the church. Uh, that's a proper understanding of, of vocation, right? We're all called in one way or another. This is straight out of John Paul's teaching. Every man, by virtue of the spousal meaning of his body, is called in one way or another to be a husband and a father. Every woman, every girl growing up to be a woman, is called in one way or another to be a wife or a mother. The sacrament of marriage, the sacrament of, or, excuse me, the sacrament of marriage and the vocation to celibacy for the kingdom are two ways of living out that same call of the spousal meaning of the body, the call to holy communion. So to instill in your children, Gene, in your own way, with your own language, in a way that you think they can receive, because you know your children better than anybody, to instill in them the difference between boys and girls is holy. The difference between boys and girls is a call to holy communion that reveals that we are made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, the way you bathe your children, the way you change diapers, the way you bless and honor your children's bodies. I mean, gosh, changing the diapers of, of, a, of an infant are, uh, is an amazing opportunity to, to bless the bodies intimately of your children, uh, to pray for your children, to speak to them of how good their bodies are, to speak of, to them in ways they can understand. And here, I, I would always recommend using proper terms for proper body parts. If you're changing a boy uh, and, you know, you're cleaning his genitals uh, because he's soiled himself, you could just say, God made your penis to be holy. And God made your, your whole person as a boy. Your penis reveals that you're a boy. Or if you're talking to a girl as you're changing your diaper, your vulva reveals that you are called to holiness. You are called maybe one day, like I am, to be a mother. Or, or if you're changing your boy's diaper, your body reveals that maybe one day you're going to be called to be a father like your father is. Or, you know, in one way or another, you can use that language. In one way or another, you are called to be a father or to your girls. In one way or another, you are called to be a mother. This is something holy and beautiful. We would use terms, and I, 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 I would connect 
you know, with my boys when they were a little bit older, you know, five, six, seven, when they're getting all excited about superheroes and stuff. Um, even younger than that. I mean, Thomas was all into Superman when he was how old? Like, like two. Two. He would dress up as Superman. And so I would use this, you know, they were all into superpowers. I would say, you know, God has given you a superpower. Uh, you are going to, you have the power in your body. When you become a man, you're going to have the power in your body to generate new life. Um, and then I would say from Spider-Man, which our kids knew, but, but remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Now, years later, my kids would, would share with me how that was kind of, um, you know, in good humor, they, were, they would share with me, uh, we didn't know what you really meant, and we were kind of disappointed that the superpower was just to be a dad. We wanted to climb buildings like Spider-Man or right. fly like Superman. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, it was, a, it was a sincere attempt on my part as a dad to connect to their hearts and to speak to them about the goodness of their bodies. All of that is very important. We as parents, we have an irreplaceable role to form and shape our children in this beautiful, wonderful plan of God. And if we are not finding ways to lead them to the banquet, they're, they're going to take their hunger to what I call the, the fast food, which is the secular approach to all of these things. And silence here is not an option. Uh, I, I know it's, it's, it's not a comfortable thing. We can be awkward. Um, I was just having a conversation with our teenage son last night that I just had to say, Lord, please just put me at ease to speak into these things. I, it, it, there is something awkward. There is something that can be troubling about it. And we, we, nonetheless, we have to press in and press through and find ways to speak. I love your honesty about that, that you had to ask the Lord to help you to be at ease. What a, what a beautiful witness that is for all our listeners. And I, as you were sharing things, I, I felt like it's important that you not feel that we are giving you a script that you are to repeat exactly yeah, words that we said, because Really, what's all essential is that you're taking things into your own heart and giving the gift of yourself to yes, your children yes. and the um, the knowledge you have of your own children uh, that you're drawing on and of your own experience and learning how to word things in a way that resonates with your heart and hopefully reaches their hearts is so important. So it's not repeat these words that Christopher and Wendy right. said, and, and that's the answer. <laughs> I, I also wanted to share a couple things, as I mentioned earlier, about some resources, because this is a common question, and we are so happy to recommend some resources that, from other ministries. Um, one is uh, an organization called Tobet, T-O-B-E-T, and their website is tobet.org. You can find um, books, a whole series of books that the series is called The Body Matters, and they are kind of instructional, sort of like religious ed type of books, but focused on theology of the body themes. So it's not like a, your entire religious education, but um, theology of the body in, in grade level, age level order. So that's something that is a great resource to know about and to check out. Um, they do have kindergarten level the Body Matters books, so that might be of interest to you. And then another ministry that we are very familiar with is called Rua Woods Press. Rua is spelled R U 
A-H. And they've also developed um, kind of a curriculum for teaching theology of the body that can be used at home or in schools or religious ed programs. And their, their books are not so much textbooks, but using just uh, children's literature and taking the lessons from different good children's literature to teach about theology of the body themes at different grade levels. So I really recommend both of those. And then I wanted to share on that idea of children's books and teaching theology of the body. I really have experienced the blessing of that with our children as they were growing up um, there were some particular books that I really experienced as just highlighting themes that I found in TUB that resonated with my heart, that I, you know, enjoyed sharing the books and in some ways pointing out the themes, but also just enjoying the books and the conversations that came from the books that allows those important values to be passed on. Um, I'll just share a couple titles that have been meaningful to us Um Horton Hatches the Egg. Mm-hmm. That's a Dr. Seuss book. So beautiful about the self-gift and sacrifice for the sake of new life. Um, another story is called The Story of Jumping Mouse, which is actually taken from a Native American uh, traditional legend that just illustrates sacrifice and self-donation in a it's children's story or you know it's it's got magical elements but that's the point is to get at what is the character learning through the experiences um sylvester and the magic pebble is a great one about valuing the incredible gift of family life and the treasure that it is Uh, another one this is going to sound strange but mike mulligan and his steam shovel well the steam (laughs) shovel is a machine but not in this book in this book the steam shovel is personified and therefore has the value of a person. And it it's about Mike Mulligan's just undying commitment to his steam shovel, which is a person in the story, and uh, defending it against those that don't see the value. So uh, you can tell that like seeing the value of self-gift and, and the dignity of the person can come through to our children through these different beautiful ways. Um, and I mean, those are just a few, and the Rua Woods Press incorporates many other beautiful books. So it's just something really to to look at how that which we would naturally do with children is infused with what we have received and are yes, able to pass yes. on. Good art, good literature, critical. Oh, critical I was just remembering how yeah. much Toy Story 3 has illustrated yes. TOB themes for you. So not it's probably not good for a five-year-old, but a little bit older child. That's yeah, an example. Yeah, please check out Toy Story 3. And you can read my commentary on Toy Story 3. There's a free ebook that I wrote called Theology of the Body at the Movies. And we'll put the link in the show notes to that as well. And I'll just throw out one more resource, Gene. The... Popchak's Greg and Lisa Popchak have written a book called Beyond the Birds and the Bees. It's for parents, and it's it's a great TOB infused read on on ways to raise our children with these this understanding. Mm, love that. Our next question then is from a listener named Ava. Hello, Ava. I just read your book, The Good News About Sex and Marriage. There's something I still don't quite understand. I am Roman Catholic and my boyfriend was baptized in an evangelical church. We are soon to be civilly married. Mm. We have a five-month-old baby. 
Unfortunately, we live in two different countries. I'm in Hungary and he's in Germany. We really would like to get married in the church and live together in the same country. When we get married civilly, will this not be considered valid by the church? And will we not be allowed to later get married in the church? Bless you, Ava. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Uh, I don't know the circumstances as to why you are pursuing a civil marriage, but if it is at all possible, please, please pursue marriage in the church, because as you are guessing, and, and you are guessing correctly, uh, as a baptized Catholic, you are bound by the sacramental form of marriage, which means a civil marriage would not be recognized by the church as a valid marriage because you are a baptized Catholic. Um, so if you were not a baptized Catholic, you would not be bound by the sacramental form of the church for the sacrament of marriage. But because you are a baptized Catholic, you are bound by that form. So please, if at all possible, Ava, again, I don't know the circumstances as to why you might be pursuing a civil marriage, uh, I would say skip that step and go right, go mm. right for the sacrament, go, yeah. go right to the church. Uh, maybe there's some, uh, some legal reason or for some kind of legal protection that you are seeking a civil marriage. If, if that is what's going on, then uh, if there's some legal protection you're going to get that you need in pursuing that, uh, there would be nothing wrong with that in and of itself. However, you should not consider yourself married. Do not live as if you're married. Uh, you, could, you could benefit from whatever civil protection you are getting if you need that, but you should not be thinking, he and I are now married. Uh, that, was, that would be the only situation in which I would recommend uh, a Catholic go through with a civil marriage um, only for the sake of some kind of protection it might provide you that you need but never under that circumstance to consider yourself validly married. So if that's what's going on, that may be acceptable. But again, you, you should not consider yourself validly married, meaning you shouldn't live as if you're husband and wife until you've received the sacrament of marriage according to the form mm. of the church. Yeah, I think, Ava, the details you're sharing are limited for us to understand your circumstance. But I think it's amazing that in the midst of what seems like a challenging time that you have read this book, yes, Good News yes. About Sex and Marriage. Awesome. The very title of it is attractive to those who want something more than what the world is promoting. So even that, that your heart was attracted to the title of that book and that you took the time to read it and try to understand is beautiful. And if you've if you've read more than just the chapter on, you know, that kind of details about church's teaching on valid marriage, but beyond that, you're you're starting to understand a vision that comes directly from Christ, the one into whose life and death you've been baptized, the mm. one to whom you've been joined, mm. both of you by baptism. He's wanting to show you something more, something more than what has been offered and a way forward in life that is going to bring so much more joy and peace to your heart, to your child, to future children. So please hold on to that as a movement of grace in your life for right now. And it can be overwhelming um, to understand everything at once. 
just sit with that which is speaking most to your heart and and allow it to inform your steps. And this question is just letting us know what that it is important to your heart to yeah. have a new understanding of what marriage is and and why it's a sacrament and how to seek that sacramental life. And so we really want to encourage you in that and ask all our listeners to pray for Ava and her boyfriend for their hearts to be drawn ever nearer to the Lord in this time of really important time in their lives. Let's pray right now. Okay. Lord, we lift up Ava Mm -hmm. and her boyfriend and their child. Yes. You know their circumstances. You know the difficulty of them living in different countries. You know all the circumstances and trials that they are facing. We thank you, Lord, that Ava is seeking your face. Yes, thank you, Lord. We ask that grace would guide her and she would be protected and that circumstances would allow them to marry in the church and live the sacrament to the full and that their sacrament would lead them to the marriage of the Lamb. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our next question is from an anonymous listener who says, I'm a single woman in my early 30s who longs to be married. To be honest, however, I sometimes feel anxious or reluctant about having children. Mm. I would never go on the pill, and I'm 100% against abortion. Sometimes I wonder if I'm better off staying single because the thought of being a mother sometimes overwhelms me. Do you have any advice on this? And yes, I have discerned I'm not called to religious life. Blessings and thank you. Wow, wow. Well, I, I will be delighted to defer to your feminine heart dear Wendy, to share with our anonymous questioner uh, your thoughts. Mm. Uh, I, I, I hesitate to jump in because I'm not a woman. Mm. Um, so I, I, I can't really speak to that womanly longing. Um, I can speak to the human longing. Mm-hmm. I can speak to human fears. I can speak to my own concerns that I had growing up about, gosh, fatherhood mm. um what's do geez do i have what it takes mm-hmm. uh what a rough world we're living in and the temptations we can have that things are so bad is it even worth bringing children into the world that's so bad and i have i've learned being a, a married man being a husband that nothing nothing puts me face to face with questions about reality, about good and evil, about life and death, about who God is and who I am as a creature, and with questions that just stir in my heart about fears I have, um, questions I have about how how does this life all turn out? Mm. Where does it all go? All of those questions, all of those yearnings, all of those anxieties, all of those, is there a God? And if there is one thing I know, I'm not God. Uh, all of those questions become very pointedly brought together in a bullion cube, if you will, all kind of boiled down and mm. concentrated 
in the question of giving myself to you, Wendy, in the union that consummates our, mm-hmm. our marriage. Uh, there you have, you are face to face with the power of God surging through your body to bring a new life into the world. And will I trust that it's good? God looked at everything he made and said, behold, it is very good. Do I believe it is good that we're made this way? Do I believe it is good that in our coming together, another child could come into existence? We have to face those questions. Mm -hmm. And there is an enemy who wants us to believe it is not good that we're made male and female this way, that the world is so evil that it's not even good to bring children into it. Uh, That is a, in the final analysis, that is a hopeless position. Mm. And the the call of a, a man and a woman to become one flesh is a call to embrace hope. Yes. That God is at work in a corrupt world to bring about an even greater good. Now, that does not mean that we are, as a husband and wife, just meant to have as many children as is physically possible. Right? We are called to what the church describes as responsible parenthood. And that means, among many other things, it means a a very important discernment about whether we might have, as the Catechism says, a just reason to avoid bringing another life into the world. There can be, in this existence, just reasons for a husband and wife not to bring another life into the world. But our questioner is getting at something more fundamental. Should I be a mother at all? Should I bring new life into the world at all? I'm longing, she says, for a husband, but I'm scared about the motherhood part. Mm -hmm. Do you want to speak into that more, Wendy? Yeah, I do. And thank you so much for your question and um, just the honesty. And I think it is not something easy to admit that you have these sort of conflicting desires. So I I just want to honor you and the courage it takes to put that out there in the light. I think that um, one of the just comments in general is that sometimes when we are wondering something about ourselves, it can be good if we have people that we trust close to us to just get their take on on how they see us. That can be true of a relationship. We've talked about that in the past, about people discerning whether they might be called to marry a person, you know, to get the input of people who know and love us about how they see the relationship. And I think that can also be true about questions about our own ability. I don't have any information from you that makes me think, you know, there's a strong reason for you not to be a mother. So it it kind of, I'm hearing it in this sense of, I know I could be a mother, but I get overwhelmed at the thought of it. It is overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the human race. It is overwhelming. Um, Just one of the things I can say about that is that we have experienced that um, as we get closer to the Lord and understand that he actually does know everything, like everything, (laughs) I mean everything, uh, that he knows us better than we know ourselves. And when we have something that's a strong feeling of, say, anxiety or fear, that 
he knows where that comes from more than we can just understand it. So I do encourage you to take that particular feeling to prayer um, and ask the Lord to just show you if there's something he's wanting to bring into the light in your story where he can minister healing. So um, I don't know your story. The Lord knows your story. Healing often comes through a process where we're sometimes called to, in prayer time or in counseling, really visit some part of our story that is painful, but not only to just feel sad about it, but to feel hopeful because of the Lord entering in to that memory or to that part of our story and speaking to us words or or um, just letting us know the truth of his love and providence for us in areas where we feel totally inadequate. I actually read a beautiful book recently um, by a woman who had grown up in a very abusive home and how motherhood for her had to be a journey of really just being honest with the Lord about how she didn't feel she had, as she put it, the ingredients in the pantry to cook something beautiful in terms of motherhood and to um, really allow that to be an incredible way of just drawing near to the Lord and her need. And she, she's written about it in order to, you know, help other people to also make that journey in their lives. So I'm so sorry, the title of that has slipped my mind, but I'm going to find it and we'll put it in the show notes for those of you that are interested in reading that. And all of that is just as meant as a way to express that having those feelings of being overwhelmed is not in any way the equivalent to saying I should avoid motherhood. It's about letting the Lord show you ways that he wants to heal your heart. And I also want to encourage everyone that you don't have to be perfect in order to hmm. embark on the Lord's mission for your life. Dear he God. keeps working with us all. <laughs> he right. wants us to trust him that he's with us on yes. this journey, and he will keep continually helping us through our vocations. Yeah, Jesus is not only the destiny, he's the way, mm, right? Yes. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means he's with us every step of our way. And it, it may be that this fear of motherhood has something to do with relationship with your own mother um, and bringing that into the light where those wherever there might be pain in that relationship and fostering a relationship with Mary as your spiritual mama mm-hmm. uh, letting her come into those painful places and and having her teach you the way of growing into your own motherhood because one way or another you are called to be a wife and a mother one way or another we cannot escape the destiny of our bodies. Our bodies reveal every man is called in one way or another to be a husband and a father. Every woman is called in one way or another to be a wife and a mother. So that's part of your identity. This is a coming into your your true identity and a healing of wounds that have made it difficult to live that out. We are all in need of that healing. We are all on that same journey. We hope that listening to this podcast is a blessing to you on your journey. If it has been today and you know somebody who needs to hear it, click that little share button 
and help us broaden our audience and share this good news ever more widely. And don't forget to check out the link about the Revealed event coming up. Uh, please participate in that. Either come in person or watch the keynotes for free or sign up for the premium pass and have online access to the whole thing. We'd love for you to be part of that. And if you have anybody else you want to invite to that, share that link until our next episode. May you know, know it deeply that you are a gift. Become what you are. Ask Christopher West is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione. Christopher and Wendy hope that the information provided is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you are going through serious difficulty, a list of trusted counselors and psychologists can be found in the show notes. Thank you.